G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our special guest today teaches Christians how to fight the good fight and destroy the works of the enemy. We're talking about a dangerous spiritual dimension that prides itself in power and control but has its roots in the kingdom of darkness. Our guest today was trained as a high-ranking satanic priest. He says he sold his soul to the devil. He was trained to cast powerful witchcraft spells and control entire regions. John Ramirez worshipped the devil, practised witchcraft and delved in the occult world for decades alongside family members who were practising witches. He lived that life for 35 years before turning to God in a decision to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today he is 57 years old, an evangelist who describes his conversion experience as similar to the transformation of the Apostle Paul. He works to win souls around the world, setting the captives free by the power of the Holy Spirit. John Ramirez is joining us. John, welcome along to 2020. God bless you, my brother, Neil. Uh, pleasure to be on your show, and thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to being a blessing today. Hey, John, you were first introduced to the occult at the age of eight by your Puerto Rican parents. Take us back to your early memories. Yes, well, you know, the devil's into, the devil's into culture, and uh, in the culture, in the Hispanic culture, we practice a lot of occult religious practices, in, from Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, Haiti, the Dominican Republic. And uh, my parents in Puerto Rico, they adopted the occult in Puerto Rico, and we immigrated to the Bronx of New York City, and we brought occult practices to New York City. Same way when the slaves in Africa was taken from, from Africa, they had practiced uh, their occult, called voodoo religion, and they brought it into Cuba and all the Caribbean. So we, we adopted that system into my family and my family we have witches and warlocks uh operating in the spirit realm in my family from the age of eight years old i was already going to demon church from eight from seven in the evening to five in the morning being trained and groomed by witches and warlocks to know how to operate in the spirit realm take over take over regions curse region astral project and witchcraft for hire so if someone came and said i want to put a spell on this person they pay X amount of money. You put the spell on that person, depending on the situation, the circumstance. So I grew up in, in the occult from seven and a half years old, but I got recruited, Brother Neil. I got recruited from the second heaven because I was in a schoolyard playing with a friend in the neighborhood. And this necklace is called the seven powers of the dark side fell from the sky, ended up on my feet. And I grabbed it and I stuffed it in my pocket because my, my friend at the time that I was playing with him, he was a bully. 
he would he would have taken it away from me. And the necklace when it fell from the sky and hit my feet, it had it had seven demonic colors called the seven African powers. This necklace and it and it had vibrant colors. So I put it in my pocket and then I heard my mother yell my name. As my mother yelled my name, uh, I, I I told my friend I gotta go. My mom is calling me. I gotta go. My mom is calling me. I took off to my mom's house. When I got to my mom's house, my mom said, I never called your name. I never called your name. It was a familiar spirit wanting me to leave the area so the necklace could stay in my pocket and my friend would not take it away from me. And I put the necklace around my neck and that was my first introduction to the occult. And from there, at the age of eight, I was taken to the witch house doing the tarot card reading. My mother and my aunt went to the witch house to do the card readings and the witch fixed eyes on me and she was so attracted to the fact that I was a young boy going to the witch house. And she told my mother, if you don't do certain ceremonies to your son, he's going to lose his eyesight. So my mom, out of fear, did the ceremony. She saw her furniture. She saw her bedroom set for $250. And that ushered me in deeper to the occult with the five African powers of Santeria, which is Ochun, Jemaya, Chango, Obatala, and Oya. Those are the five African demonic principalities of Santeria, which is the which is the number one occult avenue in the occult world of the twenty one roads of the dark side. So when I got into that, that ushered me into going to demon church. After that, I was initiated at the age of eight. My first show, my first demonic ceremony spell done in my body, and from there on, it was just a ripple demonic effect from witchcraft to Santeria spiritualism. Is another avenue. Uh, Palamayumbe is the heart in, of the soul of the demonic side. When you sell your soul to the devil and you make you make diabolical witchcraft, satanic rituals with blood baths, with your blood and the blood of animals. So I moved on to the ranks. I moved on to the ranks of witches and warlocks, being trained from the age of eight years old to the age of twenty thirty five, which made twenty five years in the occult. And I got married on Halloween. I had my, I, my daughter was born in 1989. I, in, I indoctrinated my daughter into the occult so she could she could finish what I didn't finish. And I kept going into the, into the realms of witchcraft to the highest level that I would sit with Satan himself, with the devil himself. I would sit with him uh, in, throughout the night, talk to him from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning, have a conversation with him in my apartment. I had demonic about a hundred thousand dollar witchcraft occult item tools and practices in my home wow. from dirt cemeteries. I had I was supposed to get dirt from nine cemeteries, from nine hospitals, from nine cycle wards. So because the, that represented the witchcraft I did to people. If I did witchcraft to people from cycles of war, I was able to destroy and fragment their minds so they end up in the nut house. Wow. If I did witchcraft from people that were in the hospital, if I took dirt from hospital with the demon of infirmity, I was able to take the demon of infirmity with the dirt, put the person's information in there, and send the person to the hospital so they can do unnecessary operations so they can die. Wow. So I operated in the realms of the spirit of the highest archie of the devil, first, second, second, heaven, familiar spirit, territory, demon, and I knew the frequency of the shadows of the demonic for 25 years of my life. Into 1999, 
I had, I had a head collision with Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that. Yeah, well, and I think if you're talking about uh, one of the credentials this man has to talk about witchcraft and the occult, you've just given, given us a, an amazing insight into some of the things that happen in that particular culture. Your Puerto Rican parents, uh, the practice of Santeria, which is a blend of spirit worship and animal sacrifice and as you say connected with voodoo and you took these practices uh, into the United States when you relocated to New York City uh, very uh, you know very confronting to hear about the necklace uh, where it appears from and those seven powers of the dark side uh, seven african powers and and the idea of witch houses and preparation and grooming for uh, leadership in the occult. You became a high-ranking warlock at the highest level of the occult, John. And uh, and so casting spells, sometimes we think of this as in the realm of fairy tales. But you're, what you're telling us today, John, is that when people are casting spells from the occult, this is real and it has power and it affects people's lives. Take us a little deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Uh, uh, brother Neil, it, absolutely, because witchcraft it has to do with the occult practices of Satan in his kingdom. It's, 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 it, is, it is a diabolical ritual, demonic, diabolical spells you put on people. And people say, well, that's not going to do nothing for me. I don't believe in it. You don't have to believe, you don't have to believe in witchcraft and spells. It's still going to affect you. Because, first of all, you don't belong to Jesus Christ. You have open doors. You have open doors of the demonic side. You have open doors of the demonic side. You have open doors. You have generational curses that I can afflict you through. You have open doors of things of sin that I can afflict you through. Even warm, warm, long, warm, even Christians that are lukewarm, I was able to do witchcraft on Christians and fragment them spiritually because they were spiritually anemic and they didn't have nothing to fight with because they didn't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. So I was able to do witchcraft on people. They say people uh, saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist, but sooner or later, you're going to find out that God is real. So you can believe whatever you want, but sooner or later, you're going to find out that God is real. So the same thing, you can believe and say, witchcraft isn't going to work on me, but sooner or later, you're going to see the result or the ripple effect of the witchcraft that I used to put on people. Okay, so, so I did it for, for money. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, wishy-washy Christians, uh, ones who are half-hearted mm-hmm. in their faith, are actually prone to uh, the influence that comes from people who are in the occult. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, absolutely, sir. I'm saying because, you see, you, you, the, the Bible says you can't eat from two masters' table. You can't eat from the Lord's table, and you can't eat from demons' table. You either love one or hate the other. So, so how, how, how is it that we are allowing ourselves to to call ourselves Christians, but we practice these things of the world. We're still in love with the world. So when we, when, when we, have, when we become double-minded Christians, you open yourself to demonic attacks with the devil. And, and that's when I, I was able to execute the demonic plan that the devil had given me to afflict believers in Christ because they did not want to go of the old man and they still wanted to entertain the old man. So there was avenues open in their lives that I was able to afflict them with witchcraft. John, let me ask you, because there's something very disturbing that I mentioned in the introduction. 
uh, for our conversation today when I said that you had sold your soul to the devil. How did that work? And some people might say, well, if you've sold your soul to the devil, there must be no coming back. And I know that your story takes you back because uh, God delivered you. But take us into what that idea of selling your soul to the devil meant to you. Well, selling your soul to the devil is not really selling your soul. And I want to explain that because a lot of you hear a lot of sickness today. You hear people from Hollywood you hear people, stars, movie stars, I sold my soul to the devil. You hear, you hear uh, artists, music artists, I sold my soul to the devil. So I have a wake-up call for them about selling. You can't sell your soul because Jesus Christ owned the deed of your soul. But when they mean by I sold my soul, they mean I sold my allegiance. I made a contract with the devil. I made a covenant with the devil that I will serve him all the days of my life. I'm going to give the devil my time in my moment, to serve him for whatever he's going to give me in return. So the devil makes the person believe that they sold their soul because it's a blood ritual with your human blood, your own blood, that you do. And you sign the contract with the devil. The devil shows up for me. The devil shows up. I sign the contract with my own blood. And it, makes it, 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 it brings it into the demonic, satanic realm that I have. I came in agreement with the devil and I have I renounced it. My any, any, I renounce any opportunity for me to know Christ. So when I when I came to to give the to sell my soul to the devil, it was seventeen warlocks that night in October that sold the soul to the devil, and I was the only one that was initiated with the highest mark on their body, which is like the represent a representation of the mark of the twenty one road to the dark side, which is carved in your flesh with a with a razor. And, you, and, and the blood signs that contract. When you, so, so when you come into selling your soul, you're, giving, you, you're making this pact, this agreement with the devil, that I will serve you all the days of my life. I will give you my best time all the days of my life. I will not divert or depart from what I, the commitment that I have to serve the devil and the demons. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Our special guest this hour is John Ramirez. He worshipped the devil and practiced witchcraft. He was a warlock. He lived that life for 35 years before turning to God in a decision to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. John, I want to ask you about your conversion experience because someone so steeped in the evil of the occult uh, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall is one of those expressions. But give us some insight here into what happened to you 22 years ago. Hey, man, I mean, it was amazing because uh, uh, I, I, first of all, I, the, one of the reasons I was so in, 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 indebted into the occult because of the, the lack of the love of a father. My father never loved me. My father never spent time with me. So the devil came and said at the age of age, I love you. I'll be your dad. And I, the devil became my daddy and replaced my natural dad for the devil become my daddy. And my daddy got shot in the face, got killed for a woman that wasn't even his at the age of 33 years old. And my father died. I was 13 years old. So I started with the devil from the age eight all the way to 35 years old. And at 35, I remember I met this young lady. She was a backsliding Christian. And we happened to meet each other on the train. And uh, we met on the, on the subway station going to work. 
I met her, we talked, we changed numbers, and we started to date. She was a backsliding Christian, dating a devil worshiper. She didn't know, she, have a, she didn't have no clue who I was. So I remember I went to church, I went to her church, she invited me to her church, and, and I asked the devil permission. He said, go to the church, those are weak Christians, they don't have the power you have. So I went to church, and I got demon-possessed in the church, grabbed the pastor by the throat, and there was no anointing, there was no anointing in that church to rebuke me or, 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 or challenge the devil that day. There was only 15 men that came out of the chairs to grab me and peel my hands off the pastor's stroke because the pastor was turning purple. So I had two, two of those incidents. And then one day I was watching television and, uh, and, and the TV. I heard for the first time in my life, I heard the voice of God. I never knew the audible voice of God. I never knew the voice of God. I never said Jesus for 25 years. I, I, I served the devil in the kingdom for 25 years. I knew all the demons. I knew all the principalities. I knew all the familiar spirits. I knew all the infirmity. I knew every demonic devil you can imagine on the earth. I had contrast with them, marine spirit, water spirit, mountain spirits, uh, second and first heaven devils. I had contract. I knew the voices of every devil that, you, uh, that I had contract with. This voice had a peace. This voice had a, an authority that I never heard in my life. And the voice said to me, my son, I'm coming soon. What are you going to do with your life? And I was shocked to hear that voice. It sounded like a brook of water, but with an authority that would shake heaven and earth. And then that week, I went to demon church to do contracts and ceremony and reinforce my powers. And in, 19, in 1999, I sat on my bed fighting Jesus off because he was telling me, that Jesus was telling me he loved me. And I said, you don't love me because my mother got beat up. My father got killed. Me and my family suffered violence from my, the hands of my father. We had demons walking in my house. A pastor passed me by at the age of eight years old in a, in a, in a, in a playground. He prayed for everyone, but didn't pray for me. He looked at me and passed me by. So I was a fragmented kid filled with demons until the age of 35 that Jesus knew my address. And he came into my apartment and he, and he, and he said, you serve me. And I said, I'm not serving you. You're weak. Your church is weak. You have no power. My daddy, the devil is bigger than you. My daddy, the devil is more powerful than you. You leave me alone. I'd rather die as a devil worshiper. And that, that before I fell asleep, I felt like I was going into an anesthesia sleep. Very rare, unusual because I had eye surgery. I know what anesthesia is like. So I was falling to anesthesia sleep, and the only words that came out of my mouth, and I don't think they were mine, it was, if you're bigger than my daddy the devil, you show me tonight or leave me alone. And I, the, Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ took me out of my body and brought me straight to hell. And when I got on this train going hellbound, this train was going faster than anything on the earth. The sound, the speed, the, 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 the people in the train that was on the train, you, they were terrified of terror that they were going to a place that they were never going to return. And Jezebel was on the train. I had a contract with the demon Jezebel. And Jezebel was on the train calling me in demonic tongues, traitor. In the church of Satan, where I was at, in the church of, of, of Satan, where I was at, we spoke in demonic tongues. We spoke, we laid demonic hands. We fell backwards in a demonic way where you fell backwards in the Holy Spirit. You lay holy hands, we, we lay demonic hands. You spoke in, in heavenly language, we spoke in demonic tongues. So when the train hit hell, 
exploded like a bomb. And the doors opened. And when I stepped in hell, one of the most, one of the most, I don't know if I say crazy, horrific moment, but very unusual, unique moment. When you step in the ground in hell, it breathes like a person. It breathes like a human being. It go every time you step on it. It breathes like a person. And when I stepped on the ground, I saw devil worshippers there that I knew. And they said to me, I asked them, what are you doing here? Well, how do you get out of here? They said, well, go through that tunnel. And the devil worshiper, they were still alive on the earth. And the Lord revealed to me later that they were never going to repent. And that's why they were in hell already. I saw a vision of them in hell. As I ran to the portals of hell, desperately looking for a window, a door to get out. And I heard, well, I had noises that I never heard on the earth. The, the fear in hell is nothing like the earth. The fear on earth is, is, is a kitty garden compared to the one in hell. The fear and the torment in hell wraps around you like a python and is alive like a human person and it breathes on you. And you, are, have, you have this desperate thing that comes on you that you can't shake off or you can't take off you. And I was running to the puddles of hell and, the, and it's so pitch black in hell. You can't see where you're going. And then the ground is, as you step on the ground, it breathes even more like a human being. <sighs> the ground breathes and the terror in hell, the weeping and the wailing and the noises in hell, you cannot find them on the earth, no matter how hard you look. And when the devil showed up in hell, he said, I loved you. I wanted, I, I, I loved you. I, show, I gave you all the tricks, all the, I showed you all the secrets of my kingdom. Why do I have to destroy you now? You're going to leave me. I was your father. I loved you. The devil can never love you because you made an image of God. So when he went to grab me, to destroy me in hell, because he said, if he could destroy me in hell, my spirit stays in hell, my body will not pronounce dead, my body will be pronounced dead on the earth. So he went to grab me, the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary, showed up in hell, and the devil made contact with it, and he fell like a piece of paper on the floor. And I ran further into hell, to another, another tunnel in hell, I ran. And the more you run into hell, the more you feel like you're, suffoc you're suffocating. And when I ran to the other part of hell, the devil came out this time with the horns. And he said, I'm going to destroy you because you will let the world know all the secrets that you, I taught you from the kingdom of darkness, how I entrapped the 21 rows of dark side, which means the occult of different 21 rows, the main 21 row, which is Islam, uh, uh, Buddha, atheism, New Age, all those occult practices are put on the earth to entrap people to believe there's a form of godliness but denying the power. So when he went to grab me again, the cross of Jesus Christ appeared in hell. I couldn't believe how a cross appeared in hell when I didn't have no, I, I couldn't bring, I couldn't pull it out of my pocket. I had a pair of shorts, I remember, and a t-shirt. That's what I went to bed with. And it pulled, the cross came out. I mean, this big giant wooden cross came out. And the devil tried, between me and the devil, protecting me. And when the devil went to grab me, before he went to grab me, I showed him, the, I showed him my, my marks. I have, I have razor cuts in my body from selling my soul, my time and my legion to the devil. And I showed him, he said, he said, that's my contract that I own you. And when he went to grab me again, he made contact with the cross and he dropped like a toddler on the floor. And I went back into my body like I was in ICU and they were doing electrical paddles on my chest. I went back into my body, came back from hell. I went as a monster, devil worshiping for 25 years and came back as a believer in Jesus Christ. And I bent my knee and I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ that night. 
I can only say, wow, and a life-altering out-of-body experience uh, in which you transcend your bodily form and on a train that takes you to hell. Uh, I mean, some listeners will be very doubtful about some of these things, and I might ask you, and we might uh, follow through, and there might be questions that listeners have, and I do want to open our talkback lines. You might have a question for our special guest today, or you might have a comment. You might even have a critique for our conversation. Uh, There's no holds barred. Uh, those talkback lines open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Some might have questions about the difference between hearing the voices of God, hearing the voices of demons, and uh, the idea of hallucination. But here is John Ramirez, who was used to the uh, occult practice of astral travel and was able to discern what was going on. 1-800-316-316. We'll continue our conversation after Vision National News. John, we're going to take listener calls in just a moment. Uh, just before the news, though, I made a comment and uh, suggested that, well, maybe with uh, all of the sorts of things that go on, uh, the thought that there may be some level of hallucination involved or hearing voices. Some people have, uh, you know, their own thoughts about that. Uh, but uh, give us your insight here. After having the experience that you did in your conversion experience, what affirms to you? the power of God in that? Well, many things. I mean, many, many things, uh, many things, because, I mean, if I would have had a, a, a moment of uh, losing my mind or hallucinating or, or, or maybe a bad dream or nightmare, I would have went out the next day clubbing, you know, drinking, hanging out, and continuing my witchcraft, demonic activities. So how would I get saved, leave my body, go to hell, come back, into my body and become a believer in Jesus Christ. When I, had, I, I wanted nothing to do with the church. To me, the church was a joke, was pathetic, which for, for people that needed, needed a pity party. So, so now I've been serving Jesus Christ for 21 years. And one of the rules of the occult, especially in the high-ranked devil-worshipping uh, part that I played in, if you leave, the devil will destroy you. The devil will kill you because the devil is not going to let you go and go live whatever life you want to go live. So why in my 21 years, I'm still here serving Jesus Christ without even no backsliding, not leaving. I've been consistent for 21 years serving Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ showed me something and, and took me somewhere that I was able to come back and come to full repentance and become a follower of Jesus Christ. Wonderful testimony of the sustaining power of Jesus when he brings you through an experience like yours into a conversion, a, a turning of a life around, uh, will you call this 180 degrees? Absolutely. Taking calls now on 1-800-316-316. Uh, we'll see if we can get as many calls on as we can. Sterling is in Ararat in Victoria. Hi, Sterling. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Hi, John. Great to have you on the winning team, mate. Can I just well, ask, uh, you, how do you spell your surname? I really want to get online and get your books. Okay, well, it's. I'll just give you, it's Ramirez, R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. Did you have something else to Radio. ask, Sterling? Yeah, yeah, just really quickly, Neil. John, 
we know the significance of animal sacrifice in Israel under the law of Moses. What's the significance of animal sacrifice in the Satan church? John. Because the, de- the devil needs, the devil copies the Old Testament. The devil cannot create nothing new. So the devil copies the Old Testament. The same way, when I, came to, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was disappointed when I went to Christian church because I said, well, we lay hands in the demonic church. We spoke in demonic tongues. You're speaking holy tongues. We speak in demonic. We lay hands. Uh, like, and you, we lay demonic hands. You lay holy hands. We fell backwards into uh, demons possessing our bodies, you fell backwards in the Holy Spirit and asked the Lord, what is the difference? And the Lord said, my presence is the difference. And the devil copies everything of the Old Testament. Sterling, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Erica is on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hi, Erica. Thank you, John. Help. I know exactly what you're talking about. Having come away from dabbling in witchcraft, I am a serious Christian. But my husband, who's had a steady Christian life and is a pastor, elder, chaplain, insists that curses from witches can't affect him as it's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I've been attacked a lot, which I do fight. Um, How do I convince my husband he is attacked and how do I improve my becoming more victorious? Help, please. John. Well, you know, what well, I, I know, I know. Say myself, right? I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a faith believing, Holy Ghost filled believer, washing the blood of Jesus Christ, been baptized. But the devil is going to come and attack me. Job was a righteous man. The devil attacked Job, right? But God allowed these things to happen. The devil does not attack at will to the true believer. But there's a, there's a testing, there's trials and tribulation that we go through, and God allowed the enemy to attack us, but not to destroy us and not to move us from the place of authority that God has given us. So, so the Christian, they, they, they say that, that they, yes, you can be attacked. We cannot be possessed by any demons because we feel with the Holy Spirit. But if I leave in a backslide, that's a different story. But the, the, truth, the truth be told, the attacks should come. But I'm going to stand in Christ and fight the good fight of faith. Is, does that answer your question there, Erica? Do you have material on how to become more victorious as a Christian? Yes, yes, I do. I train. I believe I train believers how to fight the good fight, how to break, destroy, dismantle, curse to the root, every demonic stronghold, bondages, generation of curse. I teach believers those things will be broken by the by the authority that God has given us. We know we just need to know how to break them because a lot of times the church talks about the devil, but they don't confront the devil. I don't talk about the devil. I confront the devil because God has given me that ministry to do so. And there's materials on my website, like Pastor, like Brother Neil was saying, johnremerith.org. There's e-courses that teach you how to, to teach to train you how to fight that fight, to stay victorious and stay and walk the, the walk and the life that God has called us to live. Erica, thank you so much. I'll have some uh, resources that I'll mention at the end of our conversation. Just to touch on this ho- uh, for a moment here, uh, John, because when we talk about the mm-hmm. weapons of our warfare, uh, not carnal, but powerful in the Holy Ghost, uh, when someone says, I'm under attack, what do I do? What weapons do you do, do you describe for people to uh, to take away today as to say this is how you resist the devil? Well, you know, say, for example, you know, if the devil attacks you, uh, infirmity. So you deal with infirmity spirit. You come against it. Psalms 103, use the word of God. You break, destroy, dismantle, you curse to the root, every demonic attack over your life. And if you open doors that you allow things to come in, 
uh, you renounce these things. You have to renounce these things. You have to break the legal rights over these things and then apply the blood of Jesus, apply the word of God upon these things. The authority of God has given us to the Holy Spirit. That's the good fight, the faith. But we open doors sometimes accidentally, eye gate, mouth gate, ear gate. We open doors, so we give the devil legal rights by the words we speak. We speak death instead of speaking life, Proverbs 18, 21. We make mistakes. We make honest mistakes, but the devil gets the opportunity to get strongholds and bondages. Or if you're dealing with a, say if you're dealing with a struggle, deal with it now. Don't let it become a stronghold and a bondage in your life. Break it now. Deal with it now. Whatever it is, deal with it. It has a name. If you're dealing with pornography, deal with that lust devil. Deal with that perversion devil. Break it. Renounce it. Shut it down. So they they don't won't become a stronghold or destroy your marriage. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation today. Let's take another call. Claire is in Western Australia. Hi, Claire. Welcome. Hi. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, I've, I've heard John was on the show this morning. I couldn't wait to jump on. Um, yep. Love his material. Um, and I, my question, he spoke about it a bit, um, about on the train when he was going to hell, about them speaking in tongues how the evil, um, they speak in tongues, but also, like, obviously, as Christians, some of us have, have, the, have that as a gift to speak in tongues. And um, just wondering the, the effect and the power that actually does have, because um, recently I went to an agricultural show with my daughter, and there was, um, like, seers, and there was a few people who had stalls and things, which I didn't realise was going to be there, just at an agricultural show. Um, and then as I walked past, I found myself praying in tongues just to rebuke those spirits. Is, this, is that, is that um, a way that we can, like when we're not sure what to say, we can, you know, pray, that, pray in the spirit to, to use that as a form of... Um, well, we're praying, praying, in, praying in the spirit, my sister, is edifying your inner man. I, when, I, when I cast out devils, I lay hands on people, I pray in the spirit to strengthen my inner man. I rebuke what's in front of me. If it's, if it's witchcraft, a witch, a warlock, or was a root worker, or was a tarot card reader, or was someone that's using a false prophetic, uh, uh, whatever religious occult practices, I rebuke that to the court. I, I put the judgment of God upon those things, not upon the person, upon the demons that are operating through that person. But, I, you know, me speaking in tongues, uh, walking to a place, it's just edifying my inner man. I'm not, it's not about speaking in tongues. You edify the man, but you, you destroy the things that you see because everything that has a name in the demonic world has to bow down to the name of Jesus Christ. Leah, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering if um, you know, praying in the Spirit was also a way you could use um, like in, in that warfare as well, but you've clarified that. So. Um, Claire, yeah. yep. thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is All open right. on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. And for some people, it's contentious and uh, it's a little controversial talking about speaking in tongues, but certainly is a relevant biblical foundation for one of the ways in which we pray. And as you say, John, uh, edifying the inner man. Yes. Let's take some more calls. Amen. Carol is in New South Wales. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Yes, uh, God bless you, Neil, my brother, and also this wonderful brother in the Lord. Um, I, I have you. rebuked Satan many times from people. I've been brought up the old way um, and seen many miracles. 
And I was at a camp uh, in the 1990s and a, an Italian pastor who was at a uh, Assemblies of God church and I was attending asked me to minister to this New Zealand young lady, 18, a minister's preacher's kid. She had asked the devil to possess her in New Zealand and she came here and she was at the camp. I was not afraid of the devil, but the devil manifested and five Italian men cast the demon out, but he came back in because she prayed him back in. And when I walked into the room of our dormitory, um, the devil manifested the voice through her. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. And he came out and he stayed out. I believe in this. Wonderful stuff, Carol. Uh, your thoughts, John? Beautiful story. I, that's it. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and every devil will have to take, will have to bow down. And the authority God given us, we are victorious. And my sister, you did an amazing job. I'm proud of you. Carol, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Tess is in Esperance in WA. Hi, Tess. Welcome. Hi, um, just wondering with family members that I pray for, family members and just people that I know sometimes just for salvation because they're, um, yeah, the, my, sadly my own family have turned a bit new age and and just sort of don't believe, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we believe as Christians and um, it's, Deceiving their hearts. So, with you, what you know um, from being on the dark side, how can we specifically pray into the lives of those we love and want to come to the Lord? Good thought, Tess. John, well, you know, my, my good thought. I, I got family members that are saved right now, and I, I got family members that are still practicing the occult to my father's bloodline. And I pray, I shut down every demonic door. I frustrate the demons. I, I pray that they will be, they will not sleep and rest, my family members, and they'll be frustrated until they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray, I break every demonic contract, legal rights, any demonic agreement that they have in their life with new age, any mystical practices that they practice, I break it completely, destroy it. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will arrest them and don't let them sleep or rest until they turn their life to Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. Tess, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Before we go any further here, uh, something that comes out of the uh, that last little expression, when you talk about new age, obviously there's lots of practices that go on in new age. And some people might be thinking, what is a definition of what is in the occult? What is dabbling on this dark side? Uh, if you could name a, a practice or three, and perhaps this is opening a can of worms because because there might be some listeners who are thinking they're doing something quite innocently, but actually dabbling in things that are connected to the occult. What are your thoughts about some of the practices people are involved well, well, in? Well, 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 new Age, I mean, you got to remember, New Age is, is just a mystical, demonic religion, occult practices. They practice, you know, even in the Book of Romans, you, 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 you worship created things, but you don't worship the Creator. You know, so it's a new age, whether they worship the moon, they worship this, they worship that, they do cleansing, burn incense, whatever they do, you are you are replacing the opportunity to worship the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ. And these practices that that, that they seem they seem holy, they seem uh, they seem normal, they seem 
uh, religious. These things are taken away from your true relationship with Jesus Christ. These are, they call these distractions in the demonic world. I can bring distractions and diversions to the occult practices of the world, so I will keep you away from the cross of Jesus Christ. So when you're talking new age and things that some people think are quite harmless, like yoga and some forms of martial arts, and the, these are sort of Eastern mystical spiritualities, uh, your thoughts there? Are right. there are there demonic connections in those? The, the demonic connection, yeah. I mean, you see yoga, people hide the, the, the deities and the yoga, the, 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 the forms that they take, how you chant and you, and you, and you, and you chant. And and uh, you hum and you make these 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 noises. This this is uh, you are actually inviting these demons into your into into your body. Uh, when we when I was in the occult, we practiced uh, how to worship, and uh, there's a, there's a form of demonic worship when you start practicing the uh, yoga. You start bending and you start positioning yourself like these deities, and you start chanting to them or you start humming to them. You opening up. Spirit, things in the spirit realm that you're not even realizing and you open up and things are start to trample over to your life. Taking calls, let's take one from David in Logan in Queensland. Hi, David. Hello. What are your thoughts, David? Um, I just um, like to... Um, I'm just wondering why, um, you know, like the story Job in the Bible... Um, where he's acceptable to God, but the devil paints a very different picture of him. And I just wondered if um, you knew why God allows um, Satan to accuse us sometimes. John, the accusations that come from the devil, uh, what's your thoughts for David? Well, but the, 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 you got David. You, you got to know the devil's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. The father of lies. He's going to try to accuse you for anything and anything, whether you're having a good day or bad day. The devil's job is to convince you that God don't love you, God is sick and tired of you, and God doesn't hear your prayers anymore by the lies of the enemy. And I, I get bombarded in my mind, but it depends on myself what I do with the thoughts that try to come into my mind and try to push strongholds. I don't allow the enemy to take real estate in my mind because I know God loves me and the devil can accuse me all day long, every day, but God is with me. Who could be against me? And if God bless me, who can curse me? And I live on that. David, thank you so much for your call. Let's squeeze in as many as we can here. Beth is in Cooma in New South Wales. Hi, Beth. Oh, hi. I have a question. I actually have been um, reading and studying about discernment. Um, I initially, I have been um, given a lot of podcasts from friends who say that people are prophetic. And to be honest, when I heard you talk about um, going to hell on a bus, I probably would have turned you right off, but I heard you on vision. And so, and I'm asking God to show me to be able to, um, when I do read and study things, I don't, I want it to be of God. I asked him my thinking and you did say your words were we open doors and I was thinking mm-hmm. how sometimes when we hear speakers and um, instead of just accepting what they say God tells us there'll be lots of false um, prophets I don't I want God to protect me so that I don't get overly involved in some of these speakers so how do we discern um, some of the speakers 
that we listen to, and sometimes I know my spirit right away. I feel, oh, that's not right. Good, good thoughts well, in there. Know, I mean, good, good. I've said it myself to me. I, I myself, I can testify that whatever uh, I let the Holy Spirit guide me. I, let, I have such a sensitive relationship with the Holy Spirit that when I see something that looks like a form of godliness, it, it, it represents God, but it doesn't have the true identity of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will give me a, an alarm sound in my spirit that something is not right with that situation. It's called discernment. And one thing, when I'm in a place and I have someone come up to me and tell me I have a prophecy word for you, I don't know the person. I don't know who he is. I don't know how he's walking with God. I don't know, I don't know his spiritual resume. So I tell him, oh, give me the word. I'm not going to receive it. I take it to God and let him confirm it. If God confirm it to my prayer closet, and then I'll receive it. But I'm not going to take every prophetic word that someone releases and put it into my spirit, believing that that person is walking with God. He's a true prophet. Beth, thank you so much for your call. I guess we could say skepticism is a good thing. Discernment is a necessary ingredient, and keeping Jesus at the center and not becoming obsessed with some tangents is going to be a key there too. We'll take one more call. Faith is in Adelaide in South Australia. Hello, Faith. Yes, good morning. Interested in the twenty-one roles that John you were talking about so far. This is what I think you said: Islam, Buddhism, New Age, Hindu, atheism, astral travel, yoga, and please help me with the rest. John, more on your well, list. Well, there, there, well, well, you know, you got to look at the list of the occult that are very active today. New Age. These are cults that are very practical. Jehovah's Witness. These are cults of Mormonism. These are cults that are very practiced today. that has a form of godliness that people will buy into because you see, these are cult practices. One different about Christianity. Let me let me explain something about Christianity that is different from these occult practices. These are cult practices. Come as you are, stay as you are. Christianity, come as you are, and God will transform you to the likeness of His Son Jesus Christ. So these are cult practices. What is Buddhism? What is uh, Hinduism? All these new age, they have a form of godliness, but there's no transformation. Understand, there's no transformation to, to be Christ-like. And these, there's 21 roles of Hindu, uh, there's, there's different practices, whether Japanese practices, Asian practices, Indian practices, occult practices, what I was in. Those are the things that they call entrapments of the world to entrap people to keep them away from God. Faith, thank you so much for your call. Time is running out. And I know that there'll be listeners who are sitting on the edge of their seat now saying, uh, what was the name of that website once more? So uh, let me just say there's a number of books that John has written. I'll run through them very quickly. There's a lot of them. Conquer Your Deliverance, Combat Prayers to Crush the Enemy, Exposing the Enemy, Destroying Fear, Armed and Dangerous, Unmasking the Devil and Out of the Devil's Cauldron. There's also some e-courses that you can participate in. One is a Spiritual Warfare Boot Camp, an eight-week course. And there's another one, Spiritual Warfare Special Ops. And uh, you can access all of those, the books and the e-courses, on John's website, which is johnramirez.org. That's so spelling John's surname, R-A-M-I-R-E-Z, johnramirez.org. And uh, John, before I let you go, uh, you've got people participating in spiritual warfare boot camps and such things. Is there a real uh, maturity and a change in lives and people are taking this and 
using this uh, in their uh, their world where there is occult involvement. Uh, how is all that working for you? Yeah, I mean, I, my, my thing is not about putting something. My thing is about transforming people's lives. How do you how do you deal with generational curses in your family? How is it that your grandmother had cancer, your father had cancer, your, your aunt had cancer, you have cancer? How do you deal with this infirmity devil? I'm teaching people how to break, destroy generational curses that need to be broken, destroyed, dismantled, any stronghold, any bondages, any besetting sins in your life that you've got Christians that love God. They're six months, they're free. Six months, they're back in the same situation. Uh, and so these e-courses are teaching people and training people through the Word of God. Absolutely. There's nothing like the Word of God first. There's nothing like the Bible first. And teaching these people the taxes of the enemy and how to stop the enemy on his tracks and close the door behind you so you can have the great life that God has in front of you. Well, the Word of God first. Jesus first. Yes. The website, John... JohnRamirez.org. John, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts Thanks and your much, heart friend. with us Thanks today. Thank you, Many blessings to you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 